0: If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Welcome to the Colossians 3:1 podcast. Whether you've been a Christian your whole life or are new to the faith, we invite you to join our discussion as we dive into theology, objections to the faith, common questions, and hot topics in an effort to better know, love, and follow Jesus Christ. Hello, and welcome to the Colossians
1: one podcast. Uh, I am your host, Jared Jernigan. Uh, with me, uh, as usual, is my co-host, Barrett Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> I've been listening to a lot of banjo music, and in order to engage the banjo music properly, you have to give a good, call. You know what I mean? I don't.
2: I don't.
0: I'll get you. I'm Zach, by the way. Glad to be here. Oh right? yeah. Sorry. Yes, uh, Zach Rimsberg yes. and uh, Sam Draper. Oh, just pretend I'm not here. That's that's what I'm doing. <laughs> Sam Sam's more of a mandolin guy.
1: <laughs> oh boy. So uh, we are this week continuing our discussion um, on theories of atonement. Uh, again, we have uh, Resurrection Sunday just around the corner. I believe this one...
0: This might be after. Oh, this yeah. might be yeah. after. Okay.
1: Well, around, back around that corner we get It's, it. always, <laughs> it's
0: always worth celebrating. That is a true. Yeah. Amen.
1: Amen. Really, isn't that why we celebrate on Sunday? It's like we're celebrating a little resurrection each week.
0: Yes. Yes, absolutely. And so I want to flip the tables here. And uh, Barrett, can you give us a definition of atonement? Well, if you would listen to the last episode,
1: (laughs) there's something to do with if you break down the word at one with
0: God. Right? So, uh, Jesus. Very good.
1: Very yeah.
0: yeah.
2: good. <laughs> <laughs>
0: you know, you know, Just, I, I, I don't think of caught there yeah, while it was yeah, coming yeah, out. It, uh-huh. didn't, yeah. it mm-hmm. wasn't
1: smooth. Because
0: yeah. he did that. Yep. There. <laughs> yeah. I feel confident in my answer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that, that, I'm glad you did because that was an encouraging Thank key you. up. Thank uh, you. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, being at one with God is, mm. is what we're talking about. How does Jesus's life, death, resurrection uh deal with our problem sure our our distance with god romans talks about being we are at we are enemies with god and then because of jesus we are no longer we are we are now one with him so there's there's different theories last week we looked at use the illustration of a diamond to talk about how some of these theories work together like different facets of one diamond um and you you turn the diamond and you look at different sides and they work together but then there's some that are clearly out of bounds that we need to stay away from because they are distortions of the truth so and and i will say we we're going off of a list from gotquestions.org a website i found uh yeah i mean it's not gospel but it is mostly reliable it might be I'm gonna find one or two things and, and it I'm gonna like eh, I'm not sure I'd say that. Well and
1: and and their tagline is your questions, biblical answers.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Basically, uh, we're doing what, what I mean, well, I should say they're copying what we're doing, only they started it a long time
2: ago. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, before we get into like I'm guessing we're gonna probably start talking about the moral theory here in just a second, yes. but for listeners the word atonement is intimidating sometimes. And, and I think both of you did a wonderful job explaining what it meant. But would you think it's fair for the listeners when this it, is the same as when you hear the word, uh, it's not identical, but people often use the term reconciliation or reparation or expiation in, in
0: place of atonement? If their listeners understood those different words separately, <laughs> Or just, even, just spat I, out. I don't understand those. You know, so one of one or two of those words I don't think I've ever heard. <laughs> but uh, my job is complete. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, yeah, so so expiation and propitiation are two ways of of expressing the Greek word that usually gets translated in our modern English as atonement. Um, the, the, the Greek word is a reference to the Ark of the Covenant, where the Ark of the Covenant sat in the temple and the, on the lid between the, the two cherubim, the two angels on that lid, the, the priest on the day of atonement, once a year, would come into the temple and meet with God. Okay. And so that, that lid of the, of the ark became known as the mercy seat. And the, the idea is, you know, God is sitting there yeah, the
2: Holy and, the, the holies, yeah.
0: and and the priest is coming to receive mercy for the entire people for the sins they've committed that year and then this word gets applied in the new testament to jesus and what he does and depending on on who you're talking to it either gets brought out as propitiation which unfortunately has some pagan baggage because with the pagans zeus and and athena and, and Ares and all these when they get upset and you, that because they're basically uh, uh made in the image of human beings and in their stories they would get upset just for no reason just zeus is having a bad day we have to make him happy so the sacrifices or whatever is to satisfy the gods so they'll calm down and stop destroying things okay or to make them happy and then they'll make the crops grow and it, that understanding doesn't quite fit with god because god is not fickle god's anger at sin his wrath against sin is not a hot-headed well now you just done pissed me off it's a a uh, constant uh, opposition to, to what violates his holiness, what hurts his creation, his, his children. So, so there's some ways of understanding it in terms of propitiation that we, we, we need to be aware of so we can explain ourselves correctly. Expiation is kind of the same thing, but directed towards us where expiation is like removing of our guilt before god so propitiation you're dealing with god's anger expiation you're dealing with our shame and our guilt because of our sin Hmm. okay so again diamond multiple sides same thing um what jesus does it does address God's opposition to sin and it does address our guilt before him, mm. but trying to explain that in a way that makes sense to modern people, um, because that's who, who we would be talking to, but is also faithful to the character of God because some have, have called this, uh, I we might as well jump to it. the The key way of explaining the atonement is often referred to as penal substitutionary atonement. Penal, referring to legal, like the <clears throat> penal system or a penal colony. Um, criminals are put like a penitentiary, um, that type of thing. So it is a legal substitution. So Jesus takes all of our uh all of our punishment before god some modern theologians have taken to calling this divine child abuse and i think that's an unfair characterization Uh, it's it's not because a jesus is not a you know he's the son of god he's not a child He's also a willing substitute saying I will, you know, if I stand up and say, okay, let me take your place. You know, you're about to get hit by a car and I jump in front, push you out of the way and take the hit. That's not, I'm not a victim. Right. There. So portraying it as though, okay, God, the father is whipping his his child uh to spare other children th- that doesn't that it's a very evocative metaphor but it doesn't do justice with what's going no. on here jesus as an adult and you know even more than adult god in the flesh um uh it strikes
1: me as a very careless and tasteless joke you
0: say it that way yeah and and yet a lot of people do wrestle with the implications that is that just does that satisfy god's justice that you know all of our sins get put on the one and then all of god's wrath and anger get placed on him so that god then looks at us what we what we need to be very careful is we don't paint it as God was angry with us, but then He beat up on Jesus and now He loves us. Correct. That that God okay. always loves yes. us. Always, <clears throat> He's always opposed to sin, just like we are with our children. I love my son. I'm opposed to whatever hurts him, even if it's him hurting himself. You know, if he sticks his finger in the electric socket, I am opposed to that. doesn't change
2: your love for him. Yeah.
0: Right. A- absolutely. So, so God's love doesn't change. What changes is that um, our sin, which stood between us and God, Is removed. Okay. That's where I tend to uh, emphasize expiation, that removal of sin and shame, not to the exclusion of the other things, but I just want to make sure that that part's not excluded. We can't come before a holy God in our sin, not because. God's so angry, he's going to slap us because our sin can't stand the presence of a holy God. Yeah.
2: Right.
0: We run from a holy God. He doesn't run from, from sinful people. So Jesus takes that sin, that shame, and now Hebrews says we can enter the the throne room of God. We can enter the holy, Hol- holy of holies with confidence. Yeah. Because, because that's that's no longer between us and God. Which leads to, circling back around to the other words that, uh, uh, that Zach threw out there, talking about propitiation, expiation, reconciliation. That we are reconciled. We were enemies with God. Now we are reconciled to God. Because the thing that stood between us, our sin is now gone. And where did it go? It went to Jesus. He took it to the cross. He destroyed it. Okay? Um, I think um, to elaborate on a point you made
2: during your point, which, by the way, <laughs> I, I think your overall was phenomenal how you wrapped all that up, by the way. Um, but that whole idea of uh, divine child abuse, or, you know, is a foundational misunderstanding that Jesus is God. Mm-hmm. God took it upon himself. Mm-hmm. And that, that's, there's a big disconnect there, which we briefly talked last week just about how the Incarnation there, everything is a part of this, you know, we're taking one portion of kind of an overall. Concept here, the whole atonement and, and who Jesus actually was on the cross, and you know this said and the other that. So, but I thought that that was if I if I wanted somebody to get that out of what you just said, that anyone who holds to that is deluding God as ju- Jesus as just a man or just a child. The the deity is being neglected. It was God on the cross, and,
1: and additionally, because he was. One hundred percent, man. Also, like you said, he chose to do that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and and that's the the. You know, people wonder sometimes: could Jesus have sinned, or could Jesus yeah. have failed?
2: Peckability or impeccability is what they call it.
0: Peckability or impeccability? impeccability
2: yeah. <laughs>
0: you know, just, I just, I was. If
2: people hear that term that they know that's what that it means. The could he, could he have failed? Yeah, could Jesus have sinned? Was he capable of sinning? Right, yeah. A the
1: you recall in class, was that? Yeah, we,
2: we yeah. this is a fun one I enjoy <laughs> talking about in classes. Yeah.
0: So when you consider the temptations of, of Jesus, Satan yeah. comes and says, okay, look at this, look at this, look at this. You know, tell these stones to become bread. Uh, cast yourself down from the top of the temple and make angels catch you or bow down to me and I'll give you everything. When I look at that, um, part of the commonality of all of those is challenging Jesus to do something, um, to avoid the human aspects to, to avoid basically the cross that, Okay, don't suffer in hunger as a human, but use your divine power just to make bread. Take the easy way. In other words, Um, don't don't deal with people mocking you, rejecting you, just throw yourself over here and let them all see angels catch you and and know who you are. Or bow down to Satan, I'll give you all the kingdoms. You know. What was Jesus's main sermon? <coughs> the kingdom of God is near. Satan say, said, you want a kingdom, you want a crown, I'll give you a crown. You don't have to go to the cross. <coughs> so, in my view, and this is Samology, you know, I'll, I'll admit that. But the temptations of Jesus was essentially boiled down to, are you going to take the crown or are you going to take the cross? and i think that was a real temptation there i mean in in that um i think jesus could have he could have he goes to the garden he's sweating blood because he knows you know he's asking the father if there's any other way okay you don't sweat blood because you're confident you're like um (laughs) Charging forward because, because I'm perfectly fine with this. Now he was obedient. He didn't give in to any of those. Um, he chose the cross and in taking the cross, he gets the crown. Uh, I want to say Jeremy treat and a a book about the, the, the kingdom and, and the cross called the crucifixion, the enthronement of Jesus as the king over the kingdom, Hmm. because it's in taking the cross that he that he gets the crown. And then we see in Philippians two, one through 11. um, He uh, emptied himself, became obedient to death, even death on the cross. Therefore, God gave him the name that is above every name, that the name of Jesus every knee will bow. In other words, he took the cross, he gets the crown. And that's what he invites us as his followers to do. Deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. Not go take your crowns. Crowns come later. The way of Jesus is cross first. Um, so, <clears throat> Trying to circle back around <laughs> to my my starting point. Sometimes I was say,
2: I've got like six things and we did like six other <laughs> podcast episodes. That. I like no.
0: Yeah, so, sometimes I lose I lose the the train there. But um, yeah, so so one thing I would say is our view of the atonement also has to connect with our view of the kingdom, and that's a theme that I've seen come up with a lot of recent. Books about the kingdom of God is that so often we get so focused on the cross and the atonement. And what is that? And a lot of times that comes down to okay, your my personal salvation, my personal relationship with God. You know, if, if there was no one else in the world, it was just you, Jesus would still have died for you. Yes, great. But how does that connect with this message that he is? Been preaching his entire life that this is about the kingdom of God, um, and just Scott, go ahead. I'm,
1: can you simplify what you? So, so you're saying culture, society, or some church, or whatever you want to say. Is, is is losing sight of the kingdom when focusing on the cross and atonement.
0: Yes. Okay, so uh, Scott McKnight, in his book, Kingdom Conspiracy, talks about you have uh, skinny jeans preachers and pleated pants preachers. <laughs> what, are, uh, what are pleated pants? Uh,
2: I'm just kidding.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> so the idea there is that the pleated pants preachers focus on atonement cross crucifixion resurrection personal salvation with jesus the skinny jeans preachers uh focus on stuff like social justice uh being missional into our community taking the mission the great commission into our community uh, not just evangelism as do you know Jesus, but um, feeding the hungry, uh, caring for widows and orphans. You know, these things that the Bible also calls us to. And Scott McKnight talks about this, this divide between these two of this one over here focusing on the cross and resurrection. This one over here focusing on the kingdom you know, and and uh social aspects, personal salvation, social aspects of salvation. And how do we bring these two together so that uh uh this ministry of reconciliation, we're reconciled not just between us and, and God, we're also reconciled with our brothers and sisters, and are called to go and transform the world. Um and and to be an influence, to be a light, to be salt. You know, Jesus talks about. So we have to keep both of those perspectives together. Does that does that help? Yeah, it does. I know. I know. I've I've been on a whole train. You know, winding train. I I I don't really apologize because that's <laughs> that's who I am. If you're still listening, then. That's that's what happens. I'll no. stop now, Zach. What do you? No, do? I
2: I, um, I I would imagine we probably should just cover like the other two. We we, we our grand finale. We started with <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, which uh, is penal substitution, penal substitution sure. which we can elaborate on more here. But let's let's at least touch base on
0: some yeah, well, other
2: false or not quite. What's one you want to moral, touch base on? The, well, the, the moral one okay? And I'll just I'll wrap through them and we'll get back to okay. the, Christ was a moral influence on the cross. And it motivates us to live a good life, as Christ's example. But it's more about love, less about sin. There's yeah. Emphasis on the sinful nature. but And Sam, in so many ways, kind of touched on Not necessarily. but And then you have the, what, exemplar theory or the example theory. And I just have that summarized as there's really no correlation between Christ's death on the cross and our sin. His um, death was just an incredible example of faith and obedience. So it looks at Jesus' humanity, nothing regarding his deity. Wow. And then then you have what the last one, governmental, right? Yeah. Um is a is a major example of the seriousness of sin. Christ didn't bear the full penalty of sin, as Sam just disproved, but was Christ's death was to maintain the moral order in the universe. No, they don't, and they would not, the people in this camp would not hold to any type of propitiation or even necessarily expitiation mm. type of view. S- Sam,
1: you know your, uh, how you've referenced the diamond and the many facets? And I'm sure you guys have all taken a survey where it's like one through five, strongly disagree,
2: yeah. somewhat disagree yeah. in uh-huh. the middle. Yeah. That's what I feel like This, these, these different theories are. And like you said, uh, Jared, How some of them,
1: we, we somewhat agree, some of them were kind of in the middle and there's other ones that we just downright disagree with because it's so far off, so far out of bounds. I feel like there've been a couple that I'm like, I don't think you said anything wrong. I just don't think you said enough.
2: Yeah. They stopped there. Right. That's the prize that I'm like,
1: Whoa, you know, I don't even know where you started from. Like the, uh, what was right before governmental theory?
2: The exemplar or the example.
1: Yeah. Out of bounds. Yes. Mystical was one that really. Mystical bad,
2: was bad too. Yeah, mm-hmm. really bad. Huh. I, I want to. Um, I think Sam, you were getting ready to transition to a point. We we got on a. We were talking about impeccability and can't. Yeah, there even there even are a lot, it, there. a lot of points that I got that, close to, you, and then but, you know Hebrews four, 5, I think four fifteen. Anyway, so the author of Hebrews said, you know, he said that Jesus is our great high priest, not one that can't relate, but in every way was tempted and and can relate to us, and. You know, I, I I just probably should just shut it down there because I can go on a... Oh, I don't sure. think go, we have go. the time to do oh, it. Oh, no, no, well, no. no. I, no, no
1: I, I think I know where he's going and he could do it. Yeah. Well, go. You, I, I would like... Well, no, no, I, I'm not saying that I could cover it for you. <laughs> I'm saying I've been down this road with you before. And no, I know, but I want I think to, this could be a whole... Why don't you
2: steer the ship?
1: Well, no, all I would say is I, I've sat through this with Zach before and and it's, it's a lot of I can throw out, you know, arguments for this, but then I can throw
2: out arguments for this, you know. It's just it's a it's a hard thing, right? Because what are we talking about? we're, we're talking about okay, <laughs> basically <laughs> could Jesus have
1: sinned? Was, was Jesus yeah. capable of sin? Yes. Is Jesus because okay. capable of sin? I guess the, the short version to me is you look at the human you know, the the human aspect, which was hundred percent human, fully capable of sin, clearly. All the rest of us do it. We can't stop doing it, it seems. Um, but then fully God too, incapable of sin. How do you reconcile those things?
2: and i think that this is another one of those things that we talked about a couple weeks ago in our faith being reasonable and logical and sometimes we can't fully comprehend how things work but it's not a contradiction and jesus being fully man and fully god is a, is a difficult thing to grasp you know it's true 100% true but it's also hard for us to fully understand how that works in one person with two distinct natures right in a sense it's 200 percent. and (laughs) but where's a drum set when you need it yeah but but if you have um and this is one of these debates that i kind of i go back and forth on then i'm in the middle and i go back you know just like the old earth young earth thing this really isn't necessarily a an issue that anybody needs to get divided over or have a knockdown, drag out over for sure but um the fully human aspect, of course, Jesus could have sinned, but he was always 100% human and 100% God, and sanctified by the Spirit, he could not have sinned as God. He could have as man. Then, you know, Sam mentioned the, the Philippians thing, which is known as the great, you know, kenosis thing, that he emptied himself of his deity And I know we didn't spend a lot of time on that, and and we were going through quickly, but a lot of times in my, Zach's view, people misrepresent or misinterpret that as in God. Jesus could have never not been God. The emptying in Zach's view, Jesus chose not to utilize his divine nature. He was not rid of it, or he would have ceased being God. Do you understand what I'm saying? Right. Could Jesus have? Could an unchanging God cease from being God? That would be an issue.
1: Right.
2: Okay, so he chose not to. Just like we learn about Jesus had emotions. Jesus learned. He grew. His human side did. But from the time that he was sanctified in the womb, he was 100% God. He was all-knowing. But in his humanity, he was not. So clearly, Jesus... Willingly chose not to utilize divine power. He could not have not ceased to have it. Do you understand what I'm saying? Right. But he, he did utilize divine power. He did utilize divine power, but not always. Right, right. I mean, he could I agree with that. I just want to make just, sure we're clear there. Spiritually just appeared places and he walked. He rode a donkey. He moved. He ate. He didn't need to do any of that right. as God. I mean,
1: I don't know if I could take this fully. I have to be disproven. It doesn't seem like he ever did it to make anything easier for himself.
2: No, he never got Jesus never used his divine power to benefit himself. Not one time ever.
0: And in in doing that, he did it the same way that we do. So he makes decisions by going out and praying to the Father. He uses the Holy Spirit. Yes. In uh, discerning, use the bread, not the not on
2: bread alone, but on the every word of God.
0: Yeah. He, so he had the Holy Spirit? Yeah. When he was baptized, the Holy Spirit descends on him in, oh, in the form oh, yeah. of dove. Yeah, okay, okay, okay. And then he, he tells disciples, you know, you will do what you see me doing. Right. And, and so this comes to, to an issue of discipleship uh, that I try to explain to people. Okay, so Michael Phelps, great Olympic athlete, swimmer, phenomenal if I was ever had in my mind that I was going to swim like Michael Phelps, if I just go jump in the pool, it's not going to happen. I'm not going to swim like Michael Phelps unless I train like Michael Phelps. And we think, Oh, I'm just going to, I'm just going to be like, you know, what would Jesus do? Jesus would spend time in prayer. Mm. Jesus would memorize scripture. Jesus would, uh, Uh, spend time in solitude and fasting, but also spend time in community and worship. He had discipline, spiritual disciplines in his life that he practiced. Amen. And we think, Oh, I'm just going to not change anything and be exactly like Jesus. No, if you want to play like Jesus, you got to train like Jesus. Now we do have the Holy spirit that also helps us cover up a lot of our weaknesses. Um, but, uh, but yeah, Jesus fasted. I don't, I don't fast, you know, you know, I'm, I'm working on some other spiritual discipline. I should probably work on fasting, but, um, you know, I don't have the Bible memorized nearly like Jesus did. And then that was a common thing for the, for Jewish boys yeah. to memorize scripture, right. uh, the time to just go off. Into the mountains and spend all night in prayer with the Father, and fervent, just yeah,
2: intense prayer,
0: yeah. Right. So, so yeah, we 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 struggle with a lot of this. Before we end this talk of atonement, I got what I call the four R's. Like whatever, as you put all of these together, we need to hold on to these four with all these theories of atonement. Okay, and I'm going to do them real quick. One, Jesus represents us. Okay, that's the substitutionary part. He stands in our place as a high priest before God. Um, he redeems us. We were enslaved to sin. Uh, the he died. He was crucified on Passover where God redeemed the people of Israel out of slavery in Egypt. So we have to factor in that redemption part of however we describe atonement. He reconciles us. 2 Corinthians 5 talks about, uh, he has given us the ministry of reconciliation, helping other people become reconciled to God. So we were at war, we were enemies with God, now we are at peace with God. And then the fourth one, he resurrects us. You know, there is a new life. This is in your end image material, isn't it? Probably. I believe it is. But I also use it in the first steps material here, uh, here at GCC for people who are wanting to know who we are as a church. So these four represents, redeems, reconciles, resurrects. If your atonement is missing one of those four. Mm. Yeah, you got a problem. Yeah, so represent, represent.
2: redeem, reconcile, resurrect.
0: Yeah.
2: yeah. Yep. Yep. No, no, no.
1: Yep. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Zach. Just want to clarify. Zach
2: chimed in. I appreciate that. hip cut. Yes, yes. Hurts
0: off. I know we can't end until until we get one from Jared.
2: What?
1: I don't know.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. Well, that uh, that will <laughs> wrap us up for uh, atonement. And but this is a big enough issue. We will probably come back to it at some point. But uh, we'll leave it there for now.
2: Thank you.